Welcome to episode two of the Toxic Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Lillian Lalo. Before listening to this episode, I encourage you to listen to episode one for context and background. Thank you for all the messages you've been sending to the email address at ToxicPositivityPodcast at gmail.com. If your questions and my answers can help at least one person, I think this podcast project is a huge win. Now, in this episode, I'll define the term toxic positivity, break down a fascinating article and key teachings from my favorite cult expert, You'll hear a little bit from a mental health professional, and then toward the end of the episode, I'll share a letter from a girl named Catherine, and I hope it will benefit many of you. Let's start our journey with a Psychology Today article by Dr. Konstantin Lukin. He defines the term toxic positivity as a, quote, concept that keeping positive and keeping positive only is the right way to live your life. It means only focusing on positive things and rejecting anything that may trigger negative emotions. And I love this definition because multi-level marketing companies use toxic positivity as a form of manipulation and mind control. Energy and excitement is what attracts people to what you're doing. They want to know what you have to offer because of your excitement about it. When you only allow positive thoughts, that doesn't allow room for critical thought, which is something MLMs want you to avoid. You want to climb the mountain? You're going to have to get through this valley first. So if you start to experience free thoughts surrounding the MLM business model, you might come to your own conclusion that network marketing simply doesn't work. The math doesn't add up. The odds are stacked against you. Dr. Lucan also argues that toxic positivity comes at a cost. He writes that, quote, when you deny or avoid unpleasant emotions, you make them bigger and the approach is unsustainable because evolutionarily, we as humans cannot program ourselves to only feel happy, unquote. It's okay to feel sad sometimes. The concept of toxic positivity and cults really go hand in hand. And yes, I am confidently drawing actual parallels between cults and the multi-level marketing business model. Often people kind of giggle at the thought that MLMs are cults. They make the connection, but then they laugh it off because they think the notion is ridiculous. But it's absolutely not ridiculous. One of my favorite cult experts is a man named Stephen Hassan. He was a member of the Moonies and escaped. He got deprogrammed. His personal story is really, really interesting. You'll hear me refer to him a lot in this podcast. I've read one of his books called Combating Cult Mind Control, and it really opened my eyes to the fact that cults are much more prevalent than you might think. There was a time when I would hear the word cults and only think about the tragic Jonestown massacre. That's where the term drink the Kool-Aid came from. Or maybe I might imagine the children of God. But after reading Hassan's book, I feel 100% confident making the argument that MLMs use mind control techniques to keep their victims under their power. Now, Hassan's website is called freedomofmind.com, and this website is an excellent resource if you think you might be trapped in a cult or you need help deprogramming a loved one. 
So I want to touch on an article from his website that he titled Multilevel Marketing and Self-Help Cult Groups Learn the Warning Signs. He had me at the title. He writes that, quote, in addition to religious and political groups, there are other types that recruit millions of people all over the world, but in reality, use deception and coercive influence with cult-like features. These are multi-level marketing and self-help groups and large group awareness training groups. It's important to recognize the warning signs so as to avoid being caught up in their trap, unquote. So isn't that so exciting? Don't you love putting a name to things that kind of weird you out? I do. I experienced a personal brush with mind control when I was about 13 years old. So I went on this religious retreat with a friend who went to a different church than me. And my parents thought it was harmless. I mean, it's a church retreat. What could possibly be so bad? Well, it was a pretty scary experience. My 13-year-old self had a weird feeling the whole weekend, and I couldn't escape, and this was also before everyone had cell phones, around maybe 2003, 2004-ish. So if you've ever been on a middle school church retreat, you might be able to kind of picture this experience. There was lots of loud music, constant hypnotic rituals that involved group participation, strange, vaguely sexual team-building exercises, and lots of sleep deprivation. I maybe slept 10 hours total the whole weekend. It was bed by 3 a.m., up by 7 a.m. And the weirdest thing to me was how, by the end of the weekend, some of the kids who, looking back, might have been plants because I only saw them that morning— They were sobbing, crying, and going up to the front of the room to dedicate their lives to God or something like that. And please know I am not making fun of God or Christianity. I actually consider myself a Christian. But I'm sharing this story with you because it was the strangest brush with mind control and undue influence I've ever come in contact with in person. So when I told my mom about the sleep deprivation part, she was livid. She said she would never forgive herself for sending me to that retreat without doing more research beforehand, and she explained that sleep deprivation was a mind control technique, and my middle school mind was blown. I didn't realize that that was what was happening to us, but she kept me home from school that Monday so that I could sleep and probably just to double check that I didn't need to be deprogrammed. <laughs> so sometime later that week, she gave me a book called Seductive Poison, a Jonestown Survivor's Story of Life and Death in the People's Temple, written by Deborah Layton. That book is unbelievable, so, so good, and it really started my fascination with cults in general. So while everyone else my age was reading Harry Potter, I was constantly on a quest for a creepy true story written in a concise journalistic tone. So back to Hassan's article, he articulates a point that is extremely important for all of us to hear and understand. He writes, quote, most MLMs use tactics of recruitment, financial manipulation, and the promise of large profits, but they also work the same as other cults with thought control, magical thinking, thought stopping, and self-blame. Failures are blamed directly on the consultants for lack of hard work or competence. The authority of the group has no accountability, and the leaders do not allow for questions or criticism, unquote. 
He's come up with a tool called the Bite Model, which explains the way cult groups gain power over their victims. Understanding this model is a handy tool to keep in your back pocket because you never know when you might accidentally fall into the grips of a cult. So let's go through the BITE, B-I-T-E, acronym. The B stands for behavior control. I stands for information control. T stands for thought control. And E stands for emotion control. So see if any of these manipulation techniques sound familiar. I pulled examples that best remind me of stories I've heard from MLM victims. So examples of behavior control might be that they exploit you financially, restrict leisure time and activities, regulate what and how much you eat and drink. I've seen this with weight loss MLMs. And deprive you of seven to nine hours of sleep. I've seen some very destructive MLMs encourage staying up all night to work your biz. Examples of information control might be that they forbid or discourage you from speaking with ex-members and critics. They discourage access to non-cult sources of information. And they divide information into insider versus outsider doctrine. Examples of thought control might be instilling black and white us versus them thinking, teach thought-stopping techniques to prevent critical thoughts, allow only positive thoughts, aka toxic positivity, reject rational analysis, critical thinking, and doubt, and use loaded language and cliches to stop complex thought. So we can probably think of a hundred MLM cliches, but the first one that comes to mind is when anyone that questions MLMs or rejects MLMs or tells a friend that they don't feel comfortable supporting their MLM, they would be immediately labeled as a hater. And that is a cliche and a thought-stopping technique right there. Examples of emotion control might be promoting feelings of guilt, shame, and unworthiness, teaching that there's no happiness or peace outside the group, and showering you with praise and attention. This is called love bombing. And this practice is usually done in the beginning to make the victims feel very, very special. So I interviewed Molly Barr for episode three, where we do a deep dive into the toxic combination of the world of diet culture and MLMs. Molly is a licensed mental health counselor who specializes in chronic dieting, eating disorders, and body image. While I planned on using our conversation only for the next episode, she made three comments that fit best in this show about cult mind control tactics. Because she's a mental health professional, I love hearing her thoughts on this subject. The first is her comments on how humans have a desire to feel special, which goes along with the whole love bombing thing. So I know that there's this kind of like made up language. So there's like made up rank. So if you were a star last quarter, stand up. We want to celebrate you. <laughs> Loud and proud. Like, oh, you made platinum. You made diamond. You made whatever title it is. Diamond is just kind of you stepping into leadership. All diamond means is that you've helped 12 people. 12 people start their journey just how you did. But they might like highlight a member and they'll say, hey, if they keep this up, they can win a trip to the summit or mm -hmm. and 
they could be part of the test group for the next program. And so it's like, you're not only feeling special because you got to be the chosen one who, who was posted about, but you could also be you know, given these trips or being part of this special group. And I think that that is, it really speaks to people who want to feel like they're special. Molly also argues that thought control tactics are used in both diet culture and MLMs. I think it's interesting how we push our friends away when we're involved in these things. And so if somebody's not supportive of your new healthy lifestyle, you're just supposed to kind of break up with them and like surround yourself with positive people. And same with MLMs, we call them haters. You know what? It's not even a hater. It's just that they look at you as competition they look at you as someone that is doing something that they don't like because sometimes you're a reflection of who they could be. And finally, she's noticed something that's a huge red flag that you might be dealing with a cult group. See if this sounds familiar. I noticed also in the research that I, I never noticed before, but they never named the product or they don't usually name the product. I never noticed that. So they call it things like, oh, this is an accountability group. I remember following someone who became a a coach and she never explained what she was doing, but I had the sense that that's what she was doing. It was so sneaky. Whereas diet culture does the same thing. This isn't a diet. This is a lifestyle change. Like you're never really naming what's actually going on here. And see, that's a classic cult trick. No one ever knows they're going to a cult meeting when they go to a cult meeting. Yeah, because right. it starts out very, oh, this is just an incredible group. Like you, they're just so inspiring. And then you get in there and slowly there's like, you know, the more that you understand, then they slowly start revealing, you know, what they are. So the fact that these people are told not to even reveal what MLM they're in mm-hmm. is pretty um Pretty sketchy. So that's another reason why when you're invited to an MLM party, it's usually very vague that it's actually a recruitment meeting. Cults slowly unveil more information after you become more and more indoctrinated. There's an article on Insider.com by Fleur Brown who tells her story of growing up in a cult group. She writes, quote, Our church masters cautioned us against sharing church secrets with school friends, neighbors, and other outsiders. They were privileged truths to be revealed when they decided someone had been properly converted. Unquote. So this is all part of cult manipulation and indoctrination. When MLM members are not straightforward about their motives, that's because this is what they're taught to do. So now that we've gone through the bite model, I want to stop here and say that if any of this behavior, information, thought, or emotional control sounds like something you're experiencing in any group, especially in MLM, know that there are resources for you. You're not stupid for getting sucked in. Mind control groups know what they're doing. They're making money off of you and keeping you under their control so that you continue to be a constant trickle of income for them. You have the power to walk away from all of it today. And while it might feel like it, whatever group it is has not taken away your agency, which means your power to act independently and make your own free choices. But I know it's not always that easy to just walk away from a cult group, and that's okay. We're going to get there. How 
Hassan also goes on to warn about self-development groups that use self-improvement to target people and corporations. They make claims that their seminars will make you successful. If you're a member of an MLM, you might be asked to attend self-development seminars or a retreat or conference or whatever. So I'm going to read this last paragraph from Hassan. Hold on to your hats. He writes, quote, self-help or self-development groups exercise an intense group influence and can have a major impact on their members' mental status. Members lose their personal boundaries. They put the leader or guru on a pedestal. Criticism against the leader or the group is met with resistance. These groups will often rent large hotel spaces and run workshops and seminars for many days, often 12 hours a day. These groups are also called large group awareness trainings or LGATs. They promise personal transformation, but are not run by trained mental health professionals, nor are there any sufficient screenings done ahead of time to determine if a person is too unstable or too fragile a point in their lives. Very powerful hypnotic techniques are often used in these trainings, as well as powerful public confrontations using curse words and other shock techniques. If you wish to get a sense of one of the most financially successful transformational groups, look at Netflix Tony Robbins' I'm Not Your Guru. Robbins is trained in neurolinguistic programming, and he well knows the power of hypnotic words. Unquote. Whoa. Okay, so a few comments here. We've all seen videos of MLM members at these conventions screaming and crying and freaking out about meeting or seeing their leaders in person. And it's really sick, but it's also really sad. This is the rule that I sort of live by. If you ever see adults screaming and clapping and out of emotional control in a large group setting, now you know what is likely happening. Hassan also mentions Tony Robbins. I was certain of one thing, my insatiable hunger to end the suffering for any human I can. And I tried to watch the I Am Not Your Guru documentary on Netflix, and I couldn't get through the whole thing because it was so upsetting watching thousands of people being emotionally manipulated. But if you're interested in seeing a large group awareness training in action, go watch it. It's very scary if you're into mind control. So now that we're all freshly updated on the definition of toxic positivity and mind control techniques, I want to take time to really break down this question I received from a girl named Catherine. And I'm going to read you her letter. She writes, Hi Lillian, do you have any smart ways of getting out of an MLM situation? I'm with a company called blank. Between myself and my mom supporting me, we've spent around $450. I started around five weeks ago. I do enjoy the personal growth aspect of being encouraged to read personal development books. I like some of the products, but not all. I want to return some. Only thing is, I have to pay shipping costs. I read your Instagram page and it mentioned that my sponsor is also a victim. And it really spoke to me. How do I tell my upline about leaving? I haven't decided for sure yet. I'm avoiding facing the embarrassment with people not in the MLM. I feel like I did form genuine friendships with some of my upline, but it also feels it was all part of the monetary gain scheme. I'm feeling victimized and embarrassed after spamming my social media and Facebook with post after post with nobody buying the product. 
I reached out to old friends, but now I'm just embarrassed and I feel like friends will be confused and people who have followed me will laugh at me. Thank you for listening and your honest yet gentle feedback on MLMs on your page, Catherine. All right, Catherine, first of all, I want to make it very, very clear. You are absolutely not alone. I've received similar messages like yours, and thank you for being so candid with me. I chose to read and respond to your letter because I'm certain that many people are going to benefit. So first, I want to talk about the personal growth aspect. The group you're involved with is using that self-help and personal growth as a form of manipulation and mind control. Often these MLMs align with these self-help characters that also support the MLM business model. I consider many self-help gurus MLM fertilizer. So for now, make sure that the personal development you're engaging in is not just filling your mind with confirmation bias that the harder you work and the more positive you think, the more likely you are to succeed in the flawed MLM business model. Second, you say that your family has lost a total of $450. Yes, that's a lot of money, but it's actually a relatively small amount of money compared to the horror stories I've heard about people maxing out secret credit cards and refinancing their homes to throw money into an MLM. So that doesn't mean that feeling bad about losing that money isn't valid. Losing a dime to any scam is an awful feeling. So with that said, I want you to be wary of falling for the sunk cost fallacy. That's the belief that your lost investment justifies any further expenses. So cut your losses and don't continue to throw money at an MLM hoping that you'll recoup your money because statistically, you will not recover that money. It is gone. You mentioned that your upline is also a victim of the scam. Yes, she is, but in this situation, you worry about you. Because you are currently in the fire, focus on yourself and anyone that you might have recruited under you. Come clean as soon as possible. I mentioned this philosophy in the last episode. You got to get in front of your story, control the message, and be honest. The sooner you can be honest and open with your friends and family, the better. Before doing anything else, I would cut all ties that you can find to cut with the company. So notify your upline that you've been presented with more information about the MLM business model and will not continue to pursue any further endeavors with the company. Ask to be removed from all groups, email lists, etc. Tell her that any further recruitment tactics will be denied, period, Don't say anything that offers the upline hope that you might come back. Like ending a relationship with someone, it's best to be direct and clear and not tiptoe around those hard parts. Prepare to receive pushback and cliches from your upline, but don't let them get to you. In fact, I would encourage you not to even read them. If the MLM continues to charge your credit or debit card after you've given notice that you're leaving the group, don't hesitate to report the charges as fraudulent. Then, if it were me, I would make a public post that says something like this. Hi, friends. You might notice that all mention of whatever company has been removed from my Facebook feed. That's because I've decided to break all ties with the company. Why? Well, I've been presented with more information that I did not know before joining. Part of me is embarrassed and ashamed that I unknowingly joined a scammy and predatory business model, But I know I'm not alone because one in three of us has been pressured to support an MLM. 
So you live and learn, and that's why I'm making this post. Please know that I'm willing to share my story with anyone who's interested. I urge my friends and loved ones to be very skeptical and wary of any MLM company. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Thank you for your continued support and friendship. So this way you're kind, open, and honest, and I think your friends and family will really appreciate your candor. And I imagine that you'll also feel like this practice of coming clean will feel really wonderful. You might receive some hateful feedback, and that's okay. Just understand that anyone that gives you grief is suffering in their own way. Messaging something nasty to you gives them a momentary rush of feel-good chemicals in their brains, and they're also usually just talking to themselves. They're trying to convince themselves that what they're a part of is right and good and okay. So be patient and kind and don't take any of their bait. You've moved on and have better things to do with your time and brain space. Best of luck, Catherine. I'm certain your message will also help others. Toxic Positivity is written, produced, and edited by me, Lillian Lalo. Original music by Grace Tillman. Sound mastering and publishing by Resonate Recordings. Truly empower the people you love by sharing this podcast and the resources listed in the show notes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The more positive engagement this podcast receives, the more likely it is to be used as a resource for someone that needs to hear this information. Send me an email at toxicpositivitypodcast at gmail.com and your questions may be used on the show. Remember, you are not alone. You have not failed. Let's expose the truth and make a difference.